Welcome, B-Movie fans, to another B-Movie interview. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And joining us today are the filmmakers behind The Miranda Murders, Lost Tapes of Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. Hi, I'm Matthew Rosevalley, director of the film. And to all my Asian peep out there, this is Gil Caveria, producer of the film. Well, Matt and, uh, and Gil, thank you for joining us. We're glad to have you here. Well, glad to be here. Definitely. I'm glad here, too. So, what first inspired you guys to get into filmmaking? You want to go first, Gil? You know, I like making movies, and I don't see enough Asian people in movies, and I thought, why not be in this movie? <laughs> there you go. Well, I, I was an actor for about uh, 15 years in New York City, and um, there was a point in my life where I decided I wanted to tell stories as opposed to just be in them. And from there, I traveled to quite a few states and went to film school in a few places and met Gil in Hollywood. I'm just grateful that Matt picked me because I had to go against another white guy to play the role of Charles Ng. God damn it. Uh. <laughs> you almost beat me out, but you know, you know how that worked. You used your um, kung fu skills to beat him out, right? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt said, yeah, this guy. He's my bodyguard. <laughs> 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 no, actually, the, the reality of it is, um, man, making movies is fun. Mm-hmm. That's just the truth, man. <laughs> That's probably the best answer we've ever heard doing this show. Like, you just flat out say it's it's just fun to do. and like it, that, It's freaking fun. I mean, I mean, think about this. We get to dress up. We get to, you know, play opposite beautiful women. Come on now, that's a win. Yeah, pretty much like living the dream at that point. <laughs> I know, right? And then now, hopefully, uh, through the festival circuit, we win at least one award. Then we'll be grateful. Just one. Just yeah. one. <laughs> Just one. See, I, it is fun, but I feel like it's 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 the only thing I can do, and it's the only thing I am meant to do. If I do something else, I'll go crazy, and I might actually kill somebody. So. I have to keep making movies. Which, in your defense, might actually make a good movie, but... This guy's not joking. He would kill somebody, too. Like, his intensity on the set is... Like, I don't know, he's just super focused. I mean, isn't that how found footage movies are made? Like, just... Just just go crazy, just film it, be like, yeah, it was was art, man. Yeah, it's okay. They're they're living somewhere. I'm pretty sure every found footage movie is different, but uh, I know Blair Witch was a lot like that. (laughs) You know, have you gentlemen seen the movie already? Have you guys seen the movie? No. Wait, wait, which movie? Um, uh, the Miranda Murders. Uh, no, not yet. I have. Um, we haven't gotten to see it yet. Okay, so when you guys do see it, there's a part when Matt, because Matt plays the lead actor as Leonard Lake. Yeah. He's naked in it. He's naked. You do see my ass. You see? Well, you see more than that. And guess what happens? <laughs> you do see more than that. Well, from that point, a lot of things can happen. I mean, does, does he flow? I know, because that—that's what happened to Ed Harris and Knight Riders. Well, you know what? Here's the crazy part: he's opposite other women, so he's flogging women. <laughs> yes, that's correct. There were quite—we had a uh, what? Shit, we had a shit ton of actors. Um, and I'd say, besides me and you, we only had two other males, and I 
maybe like what 15 20, 20 yeah 20 women Over 20 women yeah that seems like yep. a very you know, good strategy i i approve of that oh yeah the strategy's good i mean the more or less or rather the less you see of me and matt the better he's not wrong <laughs> he's not wrong so what is it about horror films that made the genre particularly interesting to you guys Mm. Uh, I, I, want, I can answer this, Matt. I'm going to tell you. I think it's boobies. I think it's kid. girls' boobie. I mean, as as a kid growing up, that's my opportunity to legitimately look at naked girls. And I have an obsession with things that people are don't want me to do or want me to see. And um, part of it was, as a kid, I was afraid of horror movies, but my challenge to myself was to watch a horror movie every day until I wasn't afraid anymore. And from then on, I became the person that people were afraid of, like in high school. <laughs> I didn't have very many friends. Um, but see, the attraction- hey Matt, mine, was, my, mine was similar, Matt, because I was afraid of boobies growing up. <laughs> and I just needed to be, I just needed to be closer to boobies every day and just be surrounded by it until, you know, I mean, that's just therapy at that point, right? So that's, that's, that's what you told your parents? Yeah, it's the best therapy of boobies. <laughs> so you're kind of like... So, um, boobies are great, but I like the monsters. Mom so and Dad, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of sexual acts, so you need to take me to the porn store <laughs> so I can get over it. Well, well not porn. You know, just boobies. <laughs> so you're like the Batman of boobies. You know, you had to conquer your fear before you can, you know... Become who you are. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, it's not just boobies. I love girls' curvatures, too. Come on, now. Right? Right? Completely. Can't argue that. Love that. Love it. So. Speaking of that, we might as well talk about, like, hmm, who's the hottest girl in our cast, Matt? <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay. Yeah. Put them all together. Who's the hottest girl? They were all very attractive. We we were very selective. We made sure we did not pick ugly women. We're all beautiful in their own right, but we have to have our top three, right? Our top three? Oh, um, gosh. Come back to me. Let me think about that for a second. Hey, guys, let me ask you guys. What kind of girls do you guys like? You want to answer this one, Corey? <laughs> um, oh, my... um. My favorite actress to see on screen and to look at is uh, is Aaron Brown, most mo- more, more commonly known as Misty Monday. It's kind of the same uh-huh. way my life is built, too. Re- Wait a minute. <laughs> yes. That's uh, the best answer. And I do have an answer, by the way. My answer is none of them because I didn't find any of them personally attractive. None of them are my type. Really? Yeah. I, I respected them as actors. I loved working with them because they were professionals. I did not personally find them attractive, but they were all very beautiful in their own right. Wow. See, you and I are opposite. I think uh, I'm completely on the other end of that, Matt, because I think I wanted to, you know, objectify all of the cast girls. <laughs> <laughs> this is already the best interview we've had oh, in the Mark. history of our show. <laughs> First, we have to and I'll, I'll tell you my three top ones that I wanted to objectify by the end of the show. So, yeah. <laughs> well, of course, the most beautiful girl I have to say is my wife, but in film, I'd have to say. Have I'd, to? 
Well, I mean, she's in the other room. Well, so. a, a, lot, a lot of people say your wife looks like who? That that girl from the Princess Diaries or something? What's, oh. what's her name? Um, I don't know. Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Which I don't. Oh. See, but mm. I can I can kind of see that. I don't know. I don't see yeah. it. But like oh, guys, does. let me ask you. Hey, guys. Speaking of girls, what's your favorite part of a girl? If you have to pick one part, the first thing that comes to you. For, what's your favorite part? Boobs. Yeah, boobs. Your boobs. Penis? See, that's where I started. Come on now. <laughs> See, I think you're all wrong. It's the ass. That's where you grab. Uh, my, my favorite, actually, my favorite really is the eyes. The eyes. The eyes. Good one too. Now you know you have told us a lot about the women that are in your upcoming film, The Miranda Murders. But could you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about the the general plot or idea behind the film? Yes, it's about yes. girls. <laughs> uh, the film follows uh, the true life story of these two killers uh, who were actively murdering women in the early 80s. They had a cabin in Wilseyville, which was a small mountain village with a population of only a few hundred people about three hours away from San Francisco. So they put out ads for women and occasionally would go out and solicit young women uh, for photo shoots and then... What the women didn't know is they had built a bunker on their property, which they were keeping them prisoner in. And they were filming themselves trying to condition these women into becoming sex slaves. This really happened. And they were caught after about two or three years of activity. And what they found when they went to the property was they had bone fragments of over 20 to 25 bodies. And only about 11 of them were identifiable. The footage was used in the crime scene in order to convict these two people. Uh, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. Lake, uh, Lake had committed suicide at the time. Ng is still in prison. And the footage is not accessible to the public. But we were able to get our hands on it, thanks to Gil. And we watched it. We read the, uh, the books on the, t- on, uh, the murders. Die for Me is my favorite. And we yes. wrote the story filling in the gaps of the footage that is not available. There's about maybe three minutes of footage that you can find of Leonard Lake and Charles Ng if you look it up on YouTube, but that's not what you're going to see in the film. Maybe a little bit. What you're going to see in the film is the stuff you didn't see. Now, did you have any difficulties balancing the entertainment value and staying true to the actual events? Not at all. Uh, The film is about, I I like saying it's about 95% accurate. It is. Yeah. 5% is... um, just making sure that the story flows and the ending is punchy. Very cool. Yeah, the, the, only, the, the only thing I might question with authenticity is the way Mas, Matt casted me in it. <laughs> That's a lie and you know it. Actually, Gil was one of our best actors in the movie. Um, he transformed himself. And if you look at photos, he does an Asian look- guy. Yeah, yeah well... <laughs> <laughs> Not all Asians look alike, Gil. You know this. <laughs> it was really tough to transform. That's why I'm. Hot. That's why I'm wearing shades right now, so you guys my true identity. <laughs> oh, he, he, got a, he got the full cut. He in changed his eyes upside down. <laughs> I'm upside down. He is poop man. He, he is Spider Gil. <laughs> he is Spider Gil. <laughs> So I kind of think I know what the answer to this question is going to be, but what was the most interesting aspect of making the Miranda Murders film? Ooh. That's a great question, guys. 
the most interesting aspect being able to tell a story that actually happened that no one's really tackled yet. It's like breaking new ground, finding gold that nobody has touched. It was exciting and thrilling. And the fact that we were able to get a hold of people who wanted to be a part of this was miraculous to me. You know, guys, I'm going to share one thing with Matt and I. I think after a while, I hated playing this character, to be honest. It was just horrible. Not enough Acting in this was, was just... I don't know about you, Matt. You like playing villains, though. I know you like playing villains. I, I, I hated playing... Yeah. I didn't, you, know, you know I had problems playing, with, playing this role after a few months. <laughs> I remember. But uh, I remember what uh, you told me that, that after a while, you just got tired of playing this horrible person and it was affecting you. And I said, well, I liked playing Leonard Lake because he was evil and he had humanity despite the fact that he was evil. And it was fun tapping into that. It was a challenge. But, I mean, I always play bad guys. So, and you know, Matt, interestingly enough, he gained so much weight to play this character, too. So that he would be iconic. I gained, I want to say, almost 100 pounds. Oh, wow. That's, that's commitment. Yeah, and I've been cutting it. I'm pretty close to done. Yeah, he, uh, he, he gained all that pounds just to be naked on screen for, for you guys. Just for you. Just for the B-movie bros. I know that's what you like. Well, we are. <laughs> we'll have to do a side. Naked we'll man. Have to, we'll have to take naked Ed Harris and put put you beside him. See what see what see what happens. Or naked like Artie Lang or something. Work better. <laughs> so, what would you say is the most interesting aspect? Uh, the most unique aspect of the film. Unique. It's a cast of mostly women who are getting murdered, but it's not schlocky. They played the roles with dignity because these are real people. That interests me. You know, it's funny because I kind of see them play it with no dignity. (laughs) And the interesting part about it is, you know, you never get to see an Asian guy play a serial killer. You know what I mean? In any film. So... Matt giving me the opportunity to direct me as an Asian killer. Come on now. I feel like that in itself should sell, you know, copies of this movie just to see an Asian killer. You're actually <laughs> it's weird. Um, I feel I do feel like Asians don't really get a chance to perform in Hollywood the way that the average white man or what specifically white male does. So this was a great opportunity to have to, to showcase an Asian character. And once again, it's a real I mean, And it's not a kung fu film either. You know, it'd be better if it was like a kung fu film. The kung fu killer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. If it's kung fu killer, shit, I'm, I'm the guy. But see, now this is completely something different. Maybe we should do kung fu killer next. <laughs> kung fu killer. Sounds like a Wu Tang kind of film. <laughs> What qualities yeah. do each? Hey, Kung Fu Killer, and you, and we'll, we'll we'll get the we'll get you guys as the leads. There we go. <laughs> we'll be the two white guys, just like well, you guys can be the two good. Asian guys. There we go. I've I've always wanted to diversify <laughs> my acting. So, what qualities do you think make a great film? And could each of you give us a few examples of films you would consider great? Uh, yeah. Well. 
Um, my great grandmother always said when asked about how to make good chicken soup, how, what do you, how, what do you do? And she said, well, you got to start with a good quality chicken. So the ingredients have to be good quality. A good film comes from many different angles. You can have a good film that's um, out there, out of this world. You can, like a David Lynch film, or you can have something that's a good blockbuster pop movie that Steven Spielberg might make, or I guess James Gunn today. Um, as long as you can tell that the filmmaker is having fun, that's a good movie. You know, my grandmother said to make a good soup, you need good chicken also. But in the Philippines, they use dog instead. Oh, my God. <laughs> With that said, you just need a good dog. Is that where you're going with this? I guess with that said, that's the answer. <laughs> have a good dog and you're, you're set. That's a movie. Some have have a good dog. Kind of movie. <laughs> we, uh, we, we recently had someone tell us um, their answer was uh, bare boobs and decapitations make, make the best movies. Ah, <laughs> it was indeed profound. Well, to each his own. <laughs> yeah. So on the opposite end of that, are there films you guys enjoy as guilty pleasures? Movies that aren't exactly great, but you enjoy watching anyways? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I love movies that people consider bad, but I don't feel guilty about liking them. <laughs> I absolutely love Manos Hands of Fate and um, uh, the Alice in Wonderland porno musical, but... See, it exists. I've mentioned, and people are just always like. I knew the like, Ninja Turtles one existed, and the ET one existed, but I didn't know about the Alice in Wonderland yeah. musical. One. There's actually yeah. few ET ones. There's not just one. Oh, there's yeah. like five. Of them. Yeah, there's they're like um, they're all they're, they're all German. German. They're all German. Saw, Probably. Yeah, there was a Scooby Doo one, but like, no one's actually so, dressed as a um, as a dog. So, I guess that's a plus. Or a minus, depending on your point of view. You know, the, the films I like are a little harder to get, but you can find them on Pornhub.com. I've if heard you of that. Search there. See, I go to X videos. I feel like it has less viruses. <laughs> it's where the true art lies. True, I mean, true art is masturbation. So can't argue that. I firmly believe it. So. Going back to a question um, that um, was raised earlier, um, Cora, I know you mentioned that your favorite actress was um, Aaron Brown. Uh, what about you guys? Like, I don't, I'm not, I can't remember if you guys give an answer for that one. Actress, actor, or does gender matter? Um, whichever way you swing. I'm not here to judge. Just jury and execution. <laughs> I am the law. Um, Lance Henriksen was the inspiration for me to become an actor in the first place. Uh, Vincent Price is another one I like. Um, easily Michael Keaton. And Klaus Kinski. You know, I, my, favorite, my, my favorite actor is Matt Rosevalley. Aww. That was nice. And I have to say, I love his performance. I really love his performance in The Miranda Murders. Especially when he's naked. <laughs> He plays that part well, huh? Uh, yes. My my rippling tits were uh were full on full on display. There you go. 
this, this is Bob. Hey, speaking of rippling tits, I think one of our actresses might be coming in here right now. All right. Hello, hello. This is Alicia. Hi. Where's the camera? Oh, there we go. See it. Hi. Hi. Hello. Nice to meet you. What an actor. Hey, Alicia. That's a, that's a fun introduction. Hey. Hi. My name is Alicia Claveria, and I narrated portions of the Miranda murders. So, hey. <laughs> Very cool. So, yeah. A portion of the film is a documentary style, documentary news style of storytelling. And in that portion, Alicia plays the, uh, the, the serious um, uh, unsolved mystery style narrator. Hey, Alicia, give them an example of your voice. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Try it. Oh. Well, I thought I already had. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then do, do your hentai impersonation then. Come on. <laughs> so I, 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 I do some voices, but I'm completely not warmed up. <laughs> so I'm going to warm her up really quickly. Yeah. Uh, so in case you didn't notice, same last name, Claveria, we're, we're married. Wait a so, minute. Wait a minute. Wait yeah, a minute. <laughs> so, so this is... This is your guys' life for about the next few, you know, what, hour or so, and uh, this is my life all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, I was just thinking, I, I've been listening to part of the interview, and I was like, I wonder if these guys know what, uh, or knew what they were in for when they started this interview. But, uh, yeah, guild and matter fun. I mean, I, guild I, and matter I, I, a good I team. preschool, so I, I deal with crazy, the craziest shit you, would, you could imagine coming from four-year-olds all day, every day. Yeah, I've literally worked in a mental institution, so but I, I never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I love how, how a conversation with these guys gets compared to a uh, school full of preschoolers in a mental institution. Like, that's like the first place we go. Which one is the preschooler and which one of us is the mental uh, patient? <laughs> well, I'm not sure, but I'm also not sure which one we are, so I think we're all kind of in the same boat on that one. I love that. See, so we're on. No, oh, that's nice. Nice. In the mental institution. <laughs> I'm yeah. just wandering around. You know, I, I, yeah, I, I've been listening to the interview and um, I just wanted to say, I wanted to uh, point something out that I heard um, back from the beginning. You guys were talking about found footage movies and um, it's kind of, you know, it's interesting because, you know, th this is a found footage movie. So, uh, I mean, that that's, that's the genre that it's definitely in, but it's very, very different as far as the constraints that this movie places on itself, because when you try to recreate this historical footage and, you know, really just getting everything from the camera angle to the furniture, to people's styles, to the way people talked, uh, you know, on home video back then. So it, 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 it I, I thought it was really interesting because even though it's a found, uh, found footage piece, they really didn't follow the found footage formula of, well, it's found footage. We can do whatever we want. It can be casual. It can be loose. Everything had to be very, very careful to duplicate, you know, the look of, of the footage that was being recreated. I mean, didn't, didn't somebody have to, I think our, the art designer, didn't she have to make from scratch, like a oh, blanket that you couldn't find Leonard, the 80s blanket. I'm so glad you brought that up, Alicia. Um, Leonard Lake had a blanket pattern that was really popular in the 80s, and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people, mine and any Dan Gill's generation, had this blanket as a kid. I could have sworn that it was available. My art director went out, and she worked her ass off. She couldn't find it. 
So she just made it. She physically quilted the damn thing from scratch. And as a result, we were able to have it because we needed to make the footage look as accurate as possible. That's Thank you for bringing that up. That's awesome. Yeah. Definitely. I, just, I remember a week there where somebody was looking for a, a, a specific color two-drawer file cabinet with, like, a certain shape of, of the thing on the front. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's just crazy seeing, like, the, all the detail that, that went into doing something that's supposed to be just fast and quick and easy and impromptu and... But it wasn't any of that. It was it was like a lot of detail work. So I thought that was really cool. Definitely. So it's kind of like a found footage film, but it's also like a period piece, like at least as far as like the eighties goes. Completely. We had to get yeah, a car that was pre nineteen eighty four just to make sure that it was accurate. Yeah, and it's crazy because it's 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 not really even a found footage piece if you think about it. It's a recreation of actual found footage. So yeah, I mean. I, I, I just it kind of blew my mind when they said they were going to do it that way. I was like, why don't you just make, make the whole thing up? You know, and actually, to get, it's on a serious note, we did have to even find girls who had naked bodies that look like 1980s naked bodies. You had to know he was going to come back to that. You had to know he was going to come back to that. We were thing. waiting for that to happen. Ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah. No, that's. Seriously. Like, do they have like the big hair and all that or. But like when you look through like like I could I've I've seen like my mom's yearbook from from the the, the mid seventies like people from the seventies were not attractive people like no. people from the eighties were very no. attractive people like like you have I to find people that look like people from that era like it's weird but I understand it oh, hey they're completely. they're up, they're like back to like not upside down I think they're I think they're more attractive than the people today. <laughs> Oh, we're, ha uh, we're having a connection issue. Well, you, you guys are right side uh, up now. Yeah, can you guys still hear us? Or? I hear yeah. you. Yeah. All right, cool. Still here, but we're having a connection issue. There. Oh, now they're upside down. Okay. Again. Upside down works better. Yeah, you just have to be upside down. It's the way life yep. goes sometimes. It's the only way. Fix yeah, it's, it's for the best. It's for the best. So, yeah, so we had a connection issue. Couldn't hear everything you were saying about 80s girls. Yeah. Do they have, like, the, the big hair and all that? Like, um, I assume everybody back in the 80s had that, like, naturally, but I don't know. I was born in 88, so I missed out on all the glorious days I mean, I, of the 80s. I, I came out of the womb with the big hair. Like, I, I mean, it, it was just the 80s style, man. I was just born with a fro and kind of died you know, and fell apart. Speaking of big hair, pubic hair had to be authentic too in this scene. He's he's just <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you can't laugh at almost everything that comes out of his mouth, it's like you're just you're you're not you're not doing it right. I mean, Matt as a director had to make sure that his pubic hair uh, yeah. Stay true to the 1980s design. Because the audience will know if it's fake. You know, you got to make sure that you've got all the details and you know, just the right number. You, know. you have to shave, shave it into <laughs> the correct shape. We, we had a pubic hair inspector, so we had to make sure that his he was getting paid. So uh, he definitely took his time being thorough. I, it's, it's a distinct film. That much is true. It's definitely, it's definitely, I mean, it's, it's the most disturbing. I was traumatized. We had people, yeah, we had people walk out and traumatized afterwards. Right, Matt? During our screenings? 
uh, we had a few screenings, uh, test screenings as we were editing the film. And yeah, we had walkouts. We had somebody said that it brought them flashbacks of when they were sexually assaulted in the past in real life. And as a, a film about real serial killers, I took pride in those reactions. Yeah, that told me that we're on my path. It's kind of like the goal, isn't it? Yeah, we want to make something feel real and look real. And I, it looks like that's what we did. Awesome. Especially starting from the pubic hair standpoint. <laughs> so Wow. So what advice would you guys give to someone who wants to create their own independent film? Stop talking about it. Yeah. Do it. That is yeah. good advice. Shut your mouth and work. That's that's mine. That's my advice. I'm sure Gil has much more profound in depth advice. I really like what you said, though. I think that's pretty pretty accurate. I, I don't really know if I have much more to say. It seems to be like the um, the the primary like advice you get, but it seems it definitely like stands true. Like you just kind of you can talk about something forever, but unless you actually do it, it's like there's no real point. Well, it's the only advice. Yeah. I mean, you either do it or you don't, and if you don't, then yeah. it's not going to happen. Well, and you know, and it, it's interesting because um, I actually. <laughs> My day job, um, I, I, I'm an academic, is my day job, and I don't remember... I think we lost them. Not sure if they're, Maybe they'll come back. They, they're I can see them. They're having yeah, they're kind of like frozen in time at the moment. Well, you still have me. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, other than um, then just going out and doing it, any, um, any other advice that you would give? Um, you know... When I was starting out, I was very lucky to have um, met George Romero, uh, the filmmaker who made Night of the Living Dead. And I told him I wanted to be a filmmaker. And he said, well, I mean, the first step is you need to stop saying you want to do it and just say that that's what you are. You are a filmmaker. And um, here, let me try to see if I can get Gil back because he uh, hung up. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm calling him now. We, um, for our B-movie reviews, we just finished, um, George Romero month, so we got to, like, watch, um, all our, well, most of our favorite movies. We actually didn't watch Dawn of the Dead for that one, which I was surprised well, about. Well, because we but, watched Night of the Living Dead, and we didn't yeah. want to watch, like... Yeah, I figured... Two zombies, yeah. Zombies, uh, zombie movies become a little tedious after a while. We, uh, we, I never got to meet George Romero, but I do, did get to meet John Russo and Ann Bill Heinzman. I was... Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I met Bill Heinzman. I've watched, I've seen John Russo like numerous times. He's kind of walking by, but never actually got to talk to him. But he seems like a happy guy for the yeah. most part. Yeah. I like, um, oh, one more time in a minute. Okay. Uh, I've met, I've been very lucky to meet a few directors. Not, not all the ones that I wish I met. A lot of the ones I care about are dead, unfortunately. But Romero was one of the nicest guys I ever met. Very encouraging. Um, and he really cares about the genre. I love Creepshow. That's probably my favorite. Yeah, okay, my, yeah, my personal favorite uh, Romero movie is uh, Martin. I, I think that movie is absolutely genius. Like Martin's great. It's yeah. so so underrated Rated. and so oh, lost yeah. in his like because he had you know in that span of ten years he had. You know, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and the Crazies, which are all, and the Crazies was re-released, you know, yeah. as codename Trixie. So like those movies got a lot more attention, 
Yes. And just kind of overshadowed Martin. Martin kind of got grouped in with um, There's Always Vanilla and uh, uh, what was the other one? The Witch one. Um, Season of the Witch? Yeah, Season of the Witch. Kind of got locked in with those for, for some reason. Like, I don't understand it. Like, it is... Martin was a very, like, low-budget film, but it was, like, it's it's so well-made. It's, like, I, every time I watch it, like, there's... It's got so much substance to it. That's the thing. It's, like, I, I have a new interpretation of it every time I've, I've watched it. It's, it's been great. Uh, I see a thing, so maybe that means it'll be... Oh, nope. It looks like nothing happened. So, I'm going to try that again. Okay. <coughs> Um, yeah, after this, we have our most important question to ask, yep. so we have, uh, we have to get yeah, everybody's... I want, uh, make, I want to make sure that it's asked, and I want this, you know, I want to get him back on. Sounds I'd good. answer. We already got a flow. There you are. Hey. Hey, hey and they're right side up this time. Yay. Hey. My phone blew... My phone overheated. Weird. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, my, my old phone yeah. used to do that all the time. We were so, talking about George Romero. <laughs> So we've got uh, we've got one more one more uh, question, very important question we like to ask here on B Movie Bros. Uh, the most important Paul question. I, Paul and I debate a lot, um, and it comes up in conversation quite often for us some somehow or some way, and we like to get everybody's opinion on it. Um, and we would like to know what is your opinion on hairless cats? I think they're freaky and they should all be burned alive. So that's one on my side. I, Not quite that extreme, I, but. I think they're like living hot water bottles because they run hotter than normal cats. So you should put them by your feet on cold winter nights. There's one I've never heard before. That's that's probably the most unique answer we've we've gotten. Okay, how about clean shaven pussy cats? I don't know why you asked this question. I'm in. Believe it or not, we've we've gotten the answer like a couple times. Yeah, we, we normally get, like, people, like, it's, it's, we, we get people like that are confused time. a lot that are like, are, are, are you talking about literal cats or are you talking about like... Like you Mr. Know, Bigglesworth yeah, from... Uh, we're, like, no, we're, we're talking about literal cats here. Yes, he's talking about literal pussies. I'm sorry, I answered your question for you, Gil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you had to know. You had to know that was going to happen. We figured um, it. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, um, I, 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 just before the video quit, I was going to say another little something about, you know, you always get the advice with making independent films to just do it. And um, I was speaking to one of my colleagues, and they actually said that there was a study, I don't remember where the study came out of, that said that if you talk about something, you get the same satisfaction as if you've done it. So if you talk about it, you, you get rid of all that creative energy, like you expend it. So it is actually really important to stop talking and do because you you get satisfaction from talking about it and then you don't actually ever do anything about it. So it like actually drains away that desire for action. So just to summarize what I heard from from someone. So yeah, so I think it actually it is like super super important advice for filmmakers out there. We just learned something. Everybody out there just learned. Science, guy. Science. Yes. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, social sciences, right? Yep. There you go. We'll lose them again. Uh, I, I think so. Uh, no, we're back. No. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, there, there we go. We All right. Awesome. Wait, wait, wait a minute. We're back. Uh, it's causing trouble. It's now causing <laughs> trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think for the let we've got um. Oops, uh, 
We've just got like one more question with this one, which would be um, when okay, is okay, but oh, it's one. I'm uh-huh. kidding. Sorry. Yeah. So when is the Miranda Murders uh, scheduled for release, and where will will we be able to watch it after its release? You got that, Matt. Come on, bro. Well, uh, the film is actually going to be premiering in Hollywood uh, at um, a screening this Friday, October 6th. But if you want to see it, or anybody else out there, it is available on Amazon Prime and Amazon Instant Video October 13th. Awesome. So you can stream it, download it, buy it, rent it, and it's all yours. And then where can we follow you to find out more about the Miranda murders or any project you have in the works or in the future? Let's see. Um, the production company that Gil runs that I work for is Shockfest Horror Factory. You can find it currently online at www.shockfesthorrorfactory.com. The Miranda Murders Facebook page is very active, and we post frequently on that. Uh, we also post on YouTube at Shock Film Fest, which is where we post our other show, Haunted Routes, where we travel across the country and visit various haunted locations. Um, my production company is Sepulture Productions. You can find that on Facebook and YouTube as well. Very cool. All right, there you have it, B-Movie fans with the Miranda Murders, Lost Tapes of Leonard Lake and Charles Ng, a film based on a series of real-life murders spanning the years of 1983 to 1984, created by Matt Rosvalli, produced by Gil Claveria, and... You know, Corey, you, 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 just, you, you, you just do the, do the names. I'm, I'm bad with names. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. I'm like, it's my Achilles heel. <laughs> <laughs> it's a script tonight. Not everybody's perfect. All right. Let, well, everybody thinks. Let's make sure middle names and we'll really have fun. Oh, man. I would just, I just have to stop halfway through and like cry and then come back to it. <laughs> All right, well, everyone, thanks for joining. It's been a lot of fun having you guys on the show. Oh, thank you. Uh, and, and maybe next time I'll tell you the top three girls from the Miranda. Oh, <laughs> thanks. If I don't make the list, I'm going to be really pissed. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm just saying. <laughs> thank like, you for having me. I had a great time. Guys.